Welcome to episode 170 of the Better With Running podcast. My name is Chris Armstrong. I'm a run to PB coach. Look, I am still enjoying Liam Beefroth lookalike Travis Head's match-winning performance in the World Cup for Australia over the weekend, Zaka. How are you going, mate? What are you enjoying? Did you catch some of the I'm good mate. over the weekend? Yes, how exciting. And about talk about, about peaking at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just got rolling through the tournament and then, uh, yeah, managed to get the chocolates. I actually had a message uh, of congratulations from one of my athletes over in India um, <laughs> that uh, kindly said, yeah, well done. And uh, we all, um, good job to you guys. So he's a, a massive cricket fan. But, yeah, huge um, huge weekend there with cricket. But running-wise, mate, it's... um. We've got a bit covered tonight. We've got a, a guest. We've got a mate. We've got a multi, uh, multi-discipline athlete. Someone with a massive endurance base. It's um converted over to, to some running. And over the weekend, did a, a huge feat in the, in aid for charity. Uh, looking forward to discussing this in a bit more detail. We've pinched him from the dark side. Um, yes. He's seen a lot yeah. and um is flourishing too. I might add. He is, yeah, under the guidance of uh, of Josh Harris. So, looking forward to to hearing all about that in our uh, team runs PB athlete interview of the week, mate. Um, it was a race last night for you. So we did a bit <laughs> of paper, and oh. yeah, I know. Last week we were talking about uh, yeah special appearances from. Brady making a making the trek over. There was um looks like a couple of other uh, runs BB um affiliates were out there as well. Yeah, that was a, it was a big night over at Bendigo last night. I think um across the three races that they had, there was the best part of fifty athletes and probably another twenty or thirty spectators. So um Andy came along. Andy came down and watched, and as you said, yeah. yes, Brady Brady raced, and along with myself, and there was um, Luke Cramery and. Uh, Rory Flanagan, mm. Rory, um, Laurie had a good run, and yeah, um, but there were there was quite a few or quite a bit of under PB representation last night from coaches and athletes. No, it was good. it was a good fun sort of low key night too, very relaxed. Uh, lots of the the bats cross country guys there and girls, um, mm. which is good to good to see. So yeah, no, it was a good night. Chris, so um, with getting back on the track, you hadn't done, we talked about last week, the fact that, um, yeah, you can't actually access a, a local track for um, <laughs> reasons. But um, that, you know, getting back out onto the, like that first step, obviously you, I know you do this sort of step down warm up where you go from, um gumboots into sneakers into like you step down the different shoes mm-hmm. what did you go with last night you warm up outside the track or you yeah no i went to the group warm-up mm-hmm. so just um put the the sockany triumphs on i did a few drills for about sort of 10 minutes or so before we left just I was a little bit stiff um having sat in the car for a bit over an hour and a half so yeah, I did some drills for a while just to loosen up and then we went for a jog, had the Sockany Triumphs on and then got back and threw the spikes on um, and just did a few straight spikes. Straight into the spikes, yep. Yeah, straight into the spikes. Yeah. Um, that's what did it feel like? Because going into the spikes onto the track where you haven't really, yeah, like I said, you haven't ventured on either a lot of 
road work out. So mm. first few slides, we were like, wow, yeah, I've got, got a bit of pop in the legs. Yeah, it was great. It was like, wow, what are these? Um, mm. I'd sort of, I was a bit worried going in and the legs were pretty heavy and I was a bit tired. So I wasn't sure how things were going to go. And I think as soon as I put the spikes on, I'm like, wow, <laughs> this, is what it, this is what running quick feels like. Um, unfortunately, the running quick was at, um, sort of capped at the strides because as soon as the race started, <laughs> um, that sort of pop that I, I felt that I had disappeared rather quickly. But um, it was a nice feeling putting the spikes on. It was quite a windy night and um, yeah. managed to do a few strides with the, with the tailwind. And I thought, wow, um, this, is, this is a great feeling. If only we could do a point-to-point -point track race uh, <laughs> <laughs> with a tailwind. Uh, it would have been incredible. But uh, yeah. And what time are you kicking off? So we started a bit after seven o'clock. So I think it was about 26, 27 degrees. And look, the heat, when I say heat, it wasn't warm? hot. Yeah. It, it, like it was warm, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't uncomfortable. It was more the wind. Like the wind was quite strong. So, I mean, which is normal for Bendigo. I think it's always, always windy there, but. Yeah, no, it was funny traveling over. I left Shepparton and it was sort of 28, 29 degrees. And then, but 40 minutes down the road and went through a thunderstorm and it dropped to 17 degrees. And then another 20 yeah. minutes later, it was back up to 28 degrees again. So, um, okay. yeah, but um, they didn't get any rain in Bendigo. So, yeah, track, track was in good conditions. <laughs> and now, sticking to time, getting a, getting a race on yeah like, they sort of a casual setup with you guys just time trial uh, very well oiled machine over mm. at bendigo so tuesday is um track race night all throughout the i guess the spring and the summer over there so it's um usually a mix of 1k 3k and 5k races and yep like clockwork kicked off at seven and um yeah like it's such so well set up um peter barrett does a great job over there with Bendigo Aths. So not had the had the a whole box and dice out there, mate. The old starter gun, the electronic timing, um, mm. all the race results were printed up post race and put in the little um box there. And um yeah, it was it was great. There would and yeah, even just the amount of people that sort of come down to watch or come and support their mates. Um Andy and Ben had sort of organized like Benny Stoltz had organized um for it to essentially be a, a hit out for the the Bendigo crew as well that night, hence the, the bigger numbers than normal. So um, I think it was one of the bigger races that they've had on a Tuesday night for a long, long time, which was cool. Hey, um, race go, uh, like race gun goes, how are the nerves um, waiting for that gun to go? And then first lap, how'd you go getting into position? I know, uh, I guess the field... Did you have any idea who you could go with, what sort of, whether it was a group, whether you could sort of lock in on a pace or was it just a bit of a, um, yeah, mixed bag of, of sort of times that was probably yeah. number one? No, sort of, I got a message from Rory last week. He let me know he was going to pace a 10-minute group. So, and that was kind of what I'd hoped I'd be able to run. So, the plan was just to try and tuck in behind him and, um, yeah, just try and hang on. So, yeah, I, I was nervous going into it um, just to see how the body would go. And, yeah, I think probably around 400 metres around, the mouth was pretty dry. 
you know, just that um, you know, your tongue sort of sticks to the, the roof of the mouth a little bit. You think, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, no, look, I ended up running 10-10 and that was hard work. I can honestly say I was pretty buggered by the end of it. That last 600, there were no gears left to really kick home. I think my splits, we, we were pretty conservative. Um, sort of spoken to Roar and he said, look, let's um, sort of go out a bit easy and see if we can kick it home just to make sure we don't go out too hard. So first K was a 3.25 and then um, we just only got fractionally faster. So, so I think it was 3.22 and 3.23 I came home in. But How um, many at the three uh, going at 3.25 behind Rory? Um, we had a group of about eight or nine. And yeah. I think I apologised to about five or six of them through that first say, K. How did, how did you go? If you felt like, you know, the not the brakes were in, but like you got eight people around you on a track, you used to doing road workouts with, with Anna and, and potentially mm. uh, what was it like in a confined space to, you know, two lanes there, eight people? Yeah. I, so I think in the first 600 metres, I managed to kick four of them and elbow another one. Um, to which I apologised profusely. And this, there was one young kid I kicked twice in the space of about 30 metres. Um, and he didn't break stride, but I thought, if I keep doing this, he's going to turn around and punch me. <laughs> I, I just teammates, wait till you get in the. Wait till you get in these races where you got um you know a few Melbourne Uni guys in there. Yeah, I just and look, I, I take full responsibility because not a single person clipped me. So obviously much more confident on the track than what I am. But I just I don't know what it was whether um I wasn't paying attention enough, but I just always seemed to be kicking them in the in the feet in front of me, whether I was over striding or I was just getting a bit close. But um yeah. <laughs> And they were all like, you know, the, mind you, like the people that I'm kicking, like there was a, I've written the sheet back up. This is embarrassing, but that's okay. I'm, I'm comfortable with um, taking the piss out of myself. So in that group, mate, I kicked a 16-year-old boy, a 13-year-old boy, another 13-year-old boy, a 15-year-old girl. Um, Quite the rap sheet. You, you yeah. Yeah. Um, not proud <laughs> so yeah not not great but um i'm sorry probably the it's another 25 year old guy um amongst that group so um was in fairness though like some of these these younger kids went on to run <laughs> quicker like you know really yeah, they did they they probably were really slamming the brakes on themselves so mm. it, potentially yeah it, it's so it's all this is good practice though. I mean, you know, you're using a hit out on a on a Tuesday night to yeah, just be around your teammates and get in these situations that is gonna happen inevitably in a race. Yeah, look, it was a it was a good rust buster in more mm. ways than one. I think um it certainly um sharpened the track focus up, but it just it is it is completely different running in close quarters on the track mm. um compared to just being out on the road and the you know, the main thing you're worried about is either a car or getting chased by a plover. So, um, <laughs> yeah, like it, it was a good experience though, but I mean, everyone was lovely. And I think, I don't know, and I hope, and maybe it's just because they were mostly young kids that I kept clipping. 
<laughs> they were all really lovely about it. And I did apologize again to them afterwards, but um, yeah, oh, don't worry about it, it's fine. <laughs> um but yeah like in, in those results like brady ran he ran 843 and he lapped me coming into the straight um mind you this is how well brady was traveling as soon as he finished that and went with a 4k thresh and then five by 400 so um <laughs> that man is fit <laughs> he's traveling yeah. really well um a couple of other highlights for mine um avery mcdermott 15 year old he ran 907 um, look very comfortable and 13 year old Tyler Finch um, one of the young kids that I managed to kick in the back of the legs didn't seem to affect him he went on ran 949 and left me behind by just over 20 seconds so um, yeah he, he did very well but um, no it was great and also like big big thanks to Rory he did all the work absorbed up as much of the wind as he could and um, still led me home to the finish because I think Originally, he was thinking of maybe doing five laps and then I'd bargain six and mm. um, out of, I'm not sure whether it was obligation or, you know, he's just a, a ripper of a bloke, but he did the whole seven and a half laps oh. <laughs> in the end and um, and still kicked me over the line despite doing all the work. I think he even slowed down and moved out and waited for me to come through, gave me space and I just couldn't. Um, yeah, Mate, I was just going up. This is a bloody spot. good run though. I mean... Yeah, season opener, 10-10. Yeah, 10-10. I'm happy with that. I think in an ideal world, I would have loved to have broken 10 minutes. But once again, I'm just pulling that number out of my bum because I think it yeah. sounds good. Like I don't... Yeah, it's just easy to put a round number. And yeah, go. like yeah. It, it sounds good and I've broken 10 minutes before. So yeah, I'd love to go under that. But um, yeah, like in looking at it from a... I suppose once you know, I'm trying to put my coach's hat on when I look at this and think... You know, if this was one of your athletes, what would you say? And, um, you know, the splits were pretty consistent. There was a conservative start. We didn't blow up. We were pretty, I wouldn't say cooked. It wasn't a hands-on knees, couldn't speak effort. But I did go and have a sit down on the ground um, for a couple of minutes afterwards. And um, I could speak, but I was happy to sit <laughs> and just uh, recover for a little bit. So... I I put it down as a nine out of ten effort. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of result, I don't know how to gauge it yet, other than that I'm really happy with how I pulled up. I'm tired, and um, thankfully this isn't going onto YouTube tonight because mm -hmm. I look like rubbish. Uh, my eyes are bloodshot because I haven't slept heaps mm -hmm. last night. But um, legs are good. No ill effects from the spikes, which I'm thrilled with, um, particularly as I. <laughs> Heard Andy last night telling a couple other people, no, don't worry about wearing spikes. It's, there's no point risking that if you haven't worn them much. Like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> just as I I'm slip, just as I'm slipping them on, like shit. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, looking at the splits this even and like yeah, three Ks, you need a few. You need a few under the belt, and you need a few track races. You need a, you know, typically you'd need to go three or five, another five, and then a three if you're really trying to target it. So to yeah. do that straight off the bat. Uh, I think that's that's fantastic, and mate, it's going to bring you forward. Yeah, yeah I, I hope so. I think for me as well, like I haven't raced since, and it's not. I guess it's not that long, but I haven't really raced since the half at Burnley in August yeah. or early September. Um, yeah, early September, and let's just say I got a really good refresher in the different challenges that 
running a half marathon versus running a track 3k oh, okay. um just the different energy systems and how mm. quickly you get uncomfortable and just how uncomfortable that is so yeah 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 i'll be better for the hit out and um i think the biggest thing or the two things i'm really happy that i was able to keep the numbers pretty even mm. i remember <laughs> i looked at the clock um, this little bell sounded for the last lap thinking yep i've got to hit 72 if i want to break 10 minutes and there was mm. a tailwind down the straight and i went oh i wonder if it's possible and um took about three steps and there was just nothing it was it was like trying to um sink the foot into the accelerator of the car and you just bury it into the floor and it doesn't actually get any faster <laughs> so um yeah it would do very quickly the car so just get round to the finish line and let's just see how this finishes up so um yeah like from a from a split perspective i think we went through 1500 in 507 and came home in 503 so mm. yeah look we'll take it oh you, you've got to take that and it's you know getting back out there is is the thing and now we're we're you know rounding out november will you do anything before the end of the year, would you jump in a park run? Would you get back? Is there anything else you could jump back on the track before? Yeah. So going to go back to Bendigo in three weeks. Yeah. So I think that's the 12th of December. Um, and then we haven't really got anything planned for January because um, February we're going to jump back on for um, the 5K over at Bendigo for the 5K frenzy. Yeah. But we'll, I'll talk to Andy and um whether we sort of come over again on a tuesday night in january or i might even plan a shep runners club handicap on a on a sunday and make that a 3k on the track for my own yeah. benefit yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got that sort of pull when you organize it organizing <laughs> so um but yeah yeah I'll, yeah yeah but I'll, I'll have a chat to andy and see um you know what That's he good, thinks though. the best prep is yeah i think the track you know when you've you're dialing down and getting these, some of these hard track workouts. You need to have some races in there. Although you mm. just do, I've got a few guys that are doing 5K work now, 5K, 10K. It's like, yeah, we could, you know, you could go three, four weeks, but you really need to get a race in after that. Otherwise, you just you get stale on the track and you need that extra stimulus of getting a race in. Yeah. Workouts are bloody hard and they, you then need to have a little bit of a taper into that harder race. Yeah, and I think like it it shouldn't be lost on anyone the value of a taper because not only does it freshen you up for the race, but it actually helps you genuinely absorb mm. that block of you know three four weeks of you know I guess five k specific work that you've been doing because I think like we get to use sometimes in a marathon block where um, it's just it's routine it's structure and we just progressively yeah, yeah, make yeah. the weeks bigger and bigger and bigger whereas. Um, I suppose, well, that's, you know, yeah. Grind is you're at eighty percent. You know, doing a lot of workouts, eighty, ninety percent, oh, eighty percent really, just and a lot of volume in the legs. Mm. Whereas these track workouts, you're really like taking the foot off on the easy runs because you're going, going really after it on those track workouts. And they, whilst they're not as big a volume, they're just the intensity of them can weigh you down. Oh, that's it, Look, mate. I, I um. I tasted a little bit of lung in my chest last night. There's <laughs> <laughs> a real nice iron flavor. Um, and I hadn't had that for a while. So uh, that was an experience, but it was good. I think, um, you know, I, I need that. I need some of these hard races. And 
hard workouts just to try and boost that VO2 max a little bit more and, and get used to, um, you know, that real uncomfortable feeling early. Because I think, you know, my, my diet of racing all throughout the year has been, you know, outside of the 5K frenzy in February where I nearly melted, but um, the cross country and AV, like all that road stuff, it's all about, you know, settling in, buckle down, be smart early and, and um, you know, be pretty strong weight. Whereas 3K, it's um, <laughs> get, get uncomfortable early and hang on. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was good. I, mean, I really enjoyed it. As, as hard as it is, um, there's a lot of satisfaction from being able to go and race, um, execute it pretty well, but then have, have a heap of laughs with the guys too afterwards. We did a, another sort of group cool down and, yeah, it was good to sort of swap notes and experiences and, and sort of um, acknowledge with each other, like, yeah, shit, that was, that was freaking tough. Funny, isn't it? Like, it's only a 10-minute race. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you're used to doing the long, you know, the hour, like, and it's just, it starts, there's a big build-up, and then, yeah, halfway through, you're like, okay, I've only got a few more laps here, and it's done. It's just, mm. yeah, 3Ks, it's, it's over quick. It's, it's, an intense, it's an intense race. Oh, and that's it. And you don't sort of get long to figure out, you know, am I in the right spot? My, yeah. is my pacing right and you you find out about three minutes in whether you've got the job started well or not because if you haven't you go backwards very quickly <laughs> mm. no 100 percent. but no but no we'll um we'll recover from this one and then yeah hopefully i'll most likely take it pretty easy tomorrow and then sort of back into regular stuff as of the weekend so yeah that's the plan anyway but I saw, mate, um, you're back on the boulevard, logging sessions, long runs are coming up in about um, around 80 minutes for the long run this week. Yeah, yeah, starting to get back out there on the long run. It's just been a slow process of that 60, 65, 70. Like, yeah, it's um, it's good that I can, and I've still been able to drag a couple of people come back who aren't, because that, that loop goes hour 40, hour 35 when you're going over the hill. So it's kind of nice if you get someone that, it's a kind of way that can come back with you um but yeah no it's all going well i know our guest is about to rock up but just a short on me is yeah last week was solid uh i think it's the most k's i've done since april nearly uh, i think it was just on the 80k so again it's been just that you know small tweaks from 45 to 50 to an hour so now back hitting those hour runs is my easy run and then, yeah, I was a consequence to get that long run a little bit longer, yeah, closer to 80. Uh, and sessions, probably the first session I actually felt like midway through that I was actually moving better, like more myself, like actually had a bit of pop, not so much pop, but just drive in the back end of a workout. Like, And we had a good group. We actually had Kiwi Steve jumped in again. And was just he's sort of just in, in a bit of no man's land on the Saturday. He's sort of done doing some recovering off races and doing some sharpest things on Tuesday, Thursday. So he helped out. Uh, Dave P, Coach Dave, and Josh Papa, who yeah, oh, nice, a, a, a nice group. And I think it's fun to be back in a pack and you can lock in, switch off. I think some of the workouts I've been doing solo or just with one other probably, yeah, just. When you got two or three other people where they feel good and someone might push a little bit, you can kind of tack on. And um, yeah, that that actually came out well. And 
yeah, just feeling more, a bit more stable and stronger. Actually, had a um, was out at Dane Burways this morning, so he had a <laughs> it's a seven o'clock meeting in typical Dane fashion. He went. I thought, yeah, we'll we'll knock it out in forty minutes. Spend an hour and fifty with me. <laughs> oh, uh, and wow. like yeah. In terms of a consult, it went up above and beyond. Wouldn't, yeah, just wouldn't accept anything for it because he's like, well, I'm... and it was amazing. So we did a lot of things. He had a really good look. Did some film. I might share some of that vision with you, mate. As a private, uh... <laughs> <laughs> very well locked down because it's some um actually did show. Gemma and Matt, just some of the um, some of the exercises, and Gemma tried to do a couple, and I was complaining how hard it was, and Gemma said, "Oh, I can do that easy." Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and going back to basics, so we're going to go on through this strength phase, and there's a couple of additions to the to the gym routine, but more so um, a phase of uh, a lot of work on drills, mobility, getting the mechanics a bit better, because I think mm. what Stain sort of recognises is because I've been carrying this, this knee injury for a while, I've probably shifted the way I run and I'm really putting a lot of foot, like, yeah, just not utilising some muscles and not not really rigid, basically. It's stiff. Yeah. And he's got um, got some interesting stuff that I'm uh, going to trial out and we're going to kind of, yeah, look at doing quite a bit of that and get some pop back. Kind of, you know, it was quite interesting him filming, like, how ginger and shuffling he's like mate yeah you, you you can move a lot better than this like i've seen you move but you're just not you you're kind of locked into a set way and we need to just open your body and and um yeah re you get things refiring again i think and I, I started to feel it i did a session on tuesday and i actually started to feel like i can you know my last five minute rep was 334s and i hadn't run that quick for ages and I'm starting to feel better across the ground. Nice. So I think it's it's turning the corner, like it's turning nicely with a bit more conditioning, a few more Ks in the legs sort of helping. It's making those sessions come out a little bit, you know, faster. So look, another yeah, it'll be a nice, we're gonna do another, yeah, four or five weeks of this block and then um yeah, go from there. That's what I like to see, mate. Progress. Um yeah. it's Mate, I'm very keen to see these drills um, and mobility videos. Uh, it's sad that we can't share them with the wider community, but um, I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing these. But no, it, um, it sounds like Dano's worked his magic um, in that regard. But, mate, just just bloody awesome to, to see like 80-plus Ks for the week, a good quality session in there. The long runs are getting longer. And, and it's those medium runs as well during the week. Like it's not yeah, sort of in that 30 to 40-minute window. We're pushing an hour nearly every time. So it's good. Yeah. Well, mate, well, we better let our guest in, mate, and um, learn a bit more about his journey. No, let's do it. Joining us this week on the Better With Running podcast, uh, one of Josh Harris athlete, Sean Richardson. So Sean joined us at Runs BB back in August 2022. He had had an extensive career on uh, in Ironman and triathlon. He also competed across a number of marathons, but was looking to take it to another level with uh, his eyes set on trying to lower that PB ultimately uh, ended up at the Gold Coast this year where he snagged a 242 PB. 
And also just over the weekend, as part of a charity run, which we're going to go into a little bit more, he uh, managed to clock over about 100 Ks on Saturday. Welcome to the show, Sean. Yeah, cheers, guys. Thank, thanks for having me. Excited to chat, mate. There's uh, there's a lot in that intro, and uh, obviously we're going to focus in a bit on the running. And I know uh, Chris and uh, people can't see it, but uh, Chris has got a, a screenshot of you on the bike. I know there's um, a lot of images out there of you in these uh, Ironman triathlon. I think mean, you've been to Kona. Um, yeah, so we'll probably dig into that also. But but back to the running, I guess your running journey did that. Where did that actually start? Um, yeah, but honestly, it'd be back in primary school. Um, being a smallish type fella, um, yeah, just did all, all the sports and even back in primary school, went to Med East and a few other things locally within, um, you know, Brisbane and Queensland. Went to state, I think, a couple of times at high school, but never really took it serious. Just, you know. The average Aussie kid doing a lot of sport and I was okay at running. And um, like most, go to uni, chase the beers, go surfing. And didn't really, you know, once again, wasn't into running at all. Um, liked it, enjoyed it, wanted to stay fit. And, and yeah, just one day with a mate, we probably had a few too many beers and I said, I'm going to go run a marathon. And then the rest is history. Wow. What was your bet? I was just going to say, mate, was that basically like a few beers and um, woke up the next day and went, shit, what did we say? Like, did, did we really <laughs> agree to that? Or was it something like, yeah, no, nah, come on, let's really go and do this? Yeah, I think it was 2000 and it was either eight or nine. Um, I was still fit enough playing probably, you know, six, 10 games a touch a week, surfing every weekend. Um, so still relatively fit. But, you know, when I think I was, yeah, what was that, 24, 25? you kind of think you're bulletproof anyway. You know, yeah. you've graduated uni, you're making a bit of money, mm. you're enjoying yourself, all those sort of things. And um, yeah, just when I'm going to go run a marathon. So did a half and then did one long run and then actually did a ride at the half. I think I'm 133 in my first half marathon with like literally no training. Yeah. And then obviously you get quite cocky and don't appreciate what a marathon is, how far that is, what nutrition is. And I certainly got found out, got to, I didn't think I made 27 Ks and I thought it was it. That's it. I'm done. Cause I just didn't train. My longest run was, I think I might've gone for an hour and a half. Yeah. Mm. So I just thought I'd do one once again. I just was young and dumb. So when you did, when you, you got through it, finished it? Yeah. I think I went 316 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So still a relatively good time. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to complain about that in any way, shape or form. But definitely learnt the, yeah, you can't just wing this sort of stuff. You can't just rock up and go, I oh, should be right. Um, it's long enough where things can go wrong. I think post that, joined up to Pat, Pat Carroll's running group. They were just a local running group in Brizzy. You Google it, it's pretty easy. Yeah. And then a year later went sub three. So, which was, yeah. I never thought, you know, one year of running, that's that's pretty good. So, yeah. So your, your personality off the back of that, that first marathon where, you know, when pear shaped 27 and you got through it, you must think, Oh, well, I've got to, I'm going to bloody go after this and make it, make it work. Like, yeah, I went, if I actually trained for this, I could probably go for that magical sub three hour number, which, you know, you run with enough people. That's, Mm. 
for a lot of people out there, you know, definitely not Olympic standard. Let's let's be mm-hmm. honest about it. But it's it's a number that some people would dream of. Um, and yeah. to achieve that second marathon in a couple of half marathons leading into it, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. With that, the fallout from that first marathon, mate, I'm really interested. Like, did that sting you a bit and go, no, nah, I'll show you. I, I can do this. I'm going to do this well. Um, or was it more just a, oh, I wonder if I actually, you know, if I go and learn a little bit, I just wonder if I can do a bit better. Like, did it really stir the competitive drive within you to try and get even with the marathon? I think it was probably in between both those comments. I think there was always a part of me that thought, and with the through Pat Carroll's running group, there was a group of guys and girls on a Saturday that we'd run with, and they'd talk about this magical three-hour mark, you know, that that's, once again, pretty decent for the average runner out there. And I think I always thought I could do it just for no other reason than, oh, yeah, sub three hours is just a magical, just a part of, you know, it's just a number. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't say competitive, the competitive juices weren't flowing just then. It was more, okay, that's that's cool. I just want to do it and not probably didn't want to make the mistakes that I made. I didn't want to go through. I went, this thing has to be slightly more enjoyable than what I did in that first one. That, yes, you're not setting, regardless of the time, going through that is not a fun experience. You know, we all have bad days. That's, that's part of it. But not yeah. putting in the effort and therefore failing in execution, that's where the problem is. Hey, where did, uh, and we'll get into more running specific training sessions, but I know, so 2010, did you start into the Ironmans and triathlon? How did that come? Yeah, so 2010, I went the sub three marathon and then probably because I was still young and dumb, I went, (laughs) oh, I'm good at exercise. I'll do an Ironman the next year. She'd be right. And I did. And like, like most people in Brisbane, we all head up to Noosa every now and then. I wouldn't yeah. have called myself a triathlete at that time, but you go to Noosa, you roll around with some bike shoes and more mm-hmm. of a piss-up weekend than anything. And yeah. then I went, oh, I'll do an Ironman. Didn't even know about Hawaii. Just knew mm-hmm. what an Ironman kind of was. Didn't know diddly squat about triathlon. Didn't know anyone in it. Yeah. Did it all myself and rocked up to Busso in 2011 going, I'm a sub three marathoner. I'm going to eat this up. I'm going to go sub 10 hours. No coach for the Ironman? Sorry? No coach at that time? No, winging it. Yeah, just... So my training for that was surfing, (laughs) commuting on my push bike to and from work and the occasional maybe two to three hour bike ride and training essentially like you would for a marathon up to around the 60, 80K mark people take. And um, still wasn't running that much then either. But that was literally my... But I still didn't know what nutrition was. So you yeah. talk about nutrition in a marathon, hypercritical. Mm. In an Ironman, it's essential. If you if you don't do that, I don't care how good you are, you, you will fail. It's mm. impossible not to. So yeah. I knew nothing of that. I just took some Gatorade on the bike and thought, oh, you'll be right. I'm good. <laughs> I've run a three-hour marathon. And I can remember it to this day. I got to 20Ks and there was my wife. And within oh, – it wouldn't have been – she was my wife then yet. Mm. Within 100 metres, I couldn't move. I was broken. I was yeah. – didn't just literally hit the wall, cramped everywhere. Mm. My mates give me crap about it now, but I was running like T Rex, both biceps <laughs> <and> cramped, <laughs> oh, and I no. couldn't use each arm oh, to pull the man. other one down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and learned a lot. Similar to my first marathon, you make those mistakes. Yeah, where you know, um, I just didn't know anyone. Like even when I did my first marathon, I didn't know anyone doing the sport. It was just a, a mm. self thing that I wanted to do and wasn't to show off to anyone but oh, i just want to give this thing a go and give give it a crack similar to that yeah then 
did the Ironman and went, oh, that's how bad things can really go. <laughs> I think I was on 10-hour pace at halfway. Yes, and I think it went, ended up going like 11.30 or something. The, my last two laps was horrendous. Yeah. Yes, and you're still finishing though. Like you always finish it. Yeah, that would, yeah, I, I haven't, uh, except for one Ironman where my bike broke significantly. That's a different story. <laughs> um, I, still, yeah. I still have a few beers over that sad day. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I haven't, yeah, finished them, got through it. And once I learn those lessons and then go, oh, I probably should learn to swim properly. Probably should learn to ride a bike. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Mate, very interesting. Um, back to your running. You've you obviously progressed through, got up to that was Gold Coast your seventh marathon? Give or take, I think it would be. Obviously did a few in training leading in. So I've done I've done what was it, two fourteen was a big marathon, two eighteen and this year were my big ones. COVID through spanners into everything. But I think what it is, I do Ironmans for a couple of years and go, yeah, I'm kind of over this now. I want to give a marathon another go. Yeah. Um, and it's probably at the moment where I'm like with kids not doing Ironman um, very much. Yeah, so next year I'm going to go to Noosa Marathon. But um, yeah, so I think it'd be my seventh, sixth or seventh marathon. Give I did a virtual one, so I don't know if that counts back in the day, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, when you got two kids and yeah. you know, the wife and you know, busy man working, you're in civil, civil engineering, I believe. Civil engineering, probably the harder bit with it is my wife's also in engineering, but she's a director of her own engineering firm. So whenever I think I'm busy, um, she's 100 times yeah. busier trying to run a company. So, yeah. Yeah. So that Ironman training, I guess, yeah, it, it is only sustainable for so long that, you know, something gives and... Marathon. Definitely, I think it's also the mm. you took, only because it was mentioned before about the competitiveness. Without Hawaii, why go to an Ironman? Mm. Because it's not a time-based thing. Conditions can be completely different. I think marathoning, you know, you know what Gold Coast Marathon is. It's dead flat, good conditions. You know what Noosa is. It's dead flat, good conditions. In an Ironman, for me, time doesn't mean much because yeah. if it's super windy in Cairns, whatever time you wanted to go, it's not because you're you've had a bad day. You could have the greatest day of your life. But if mm. conditions are bad, there goes your time. So without yeah. wanting to go to Hawaii at the moment, mainly just due to the cost of that trip at the moment, I think it's yeah. 30 grand. You don't get much change out of that for, wow. for two weeks. Their prices are through the roof, hence why I'm yeah, doing marathons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with kids, you just don't have the time. I run three-hour long run in the morning that uh, Josh would give me, and I'm like, what do I do with my weekend? Yeah. <laughs> I've got all yeah. this time. Yeah, what do I do? Time yeah, yeah. 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 And and probably even fatigue wise, like the marathon training, yeah, you know, it's hard and you train bloody hard in the Gold Coast. But how did you find just having that one discipline to to focus on? And yeah, yeah, that's a good one. fatigue wise. Probably not as much because you're not doing twenty five hours a week, mm. but and you're not having to get up every morning. I think yeah, I think it was a the way we approach the Gold Coast, knowing I've got family and work and there's life and running's cool, but it's not the be all and end all. You know, yeah. we made the most of commuting to and from the office. That okay. That's a one-hour run and that's an easy one-hour run. It's kind of like a free session because you had to commute yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, what I found more challenging because of the Ironman's different to the marathon, we still got to do the same nearly run from, it was harder. So you had yeah. to really make sure that, you know, you did warm up properly. <clears throat> Your legs were recovered when you were going to do those hard sessions. You weren't always just kind of running slow 
like you would yeah. for an Ironman or something. Um, you, there was probably, yeah, your legs probably get feeling it a bit more, but you weren't necessarily as fatigued as such. Mm-hmm. Thorne, have you found that your joy of running's grown over the years as you've sort of come to understand more about the sport, both from a training perspective and I guess that nutrition aspect as well? Or is it kind of, um, so does it similar to those early days that, you know, you've always just kind of been interested, but it's been more as part of the sport that you do, you know, when you're throwing up, because you do swimming and you've got to learn how to ride a bike and, and all that sort of thing. But, you know, where, where does that love of running sit at the moment? Oh, it's through the roof and it's always in my favourite part of, a, um, of the triathlon as well. That <laughs> I'm looking forward. I cannot wait to get off. I know a lot of people do that in Ironman. You've ridden your bike for 180 k's. I can tell you now, you just want to throw that seat and the bike in the in the ocean when you get back. And it's weird that I'm 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 really looking forward to go run a marathon off the bike. Now that's just a weird thing to yeah. mentally process. But yeah, no, I think I've always enjoyed running. It's always been probably why I do triathlon, um, and then why I've always done these sort of things. Um, I still get excited to get up and meet my mates on a Tuesday or a Thursday for a run. Yes, we talk a lot of crap and. I'll probably leave that one there because of how much crap we do talk. But it's, but also I think there's also now with kids, I see my boy going to, you know, he did his first little running event. So there is that shadow there that, you know, with how good tech, and don't be wrong, technology is wicked, but mm. I think for kids it'd be a challenge. So to see that, you know, mum and dad do running, you know, yeah. my wife's done a couple of marathons, a couple of Ironmans, that sort of stuff as well. Mm. Um, but now I think it is that competitiveness. How, how better, how much better can I get even though I'm getting older? Because I did start a little bit late, it's probably now, you know, I don't, I'd love to be doing this until I'm 80, but I'm probably only going to set PBs for the next five. Maybe if I'm like I'm 40 next year, I still set a PB at 39. I'm only like my marathons have only gotten better. Mm. Um, so I think it'll be quite interesting mentally when that starts to plateau or I have a really, really bad day or. You know, even Gold Coast, that I think was a great day. I was a bit sick leading into it. So um, mm-hmm. I think trying to wrap my head in how good can you get for yourself is probably what I want out of it. And it's not about training more or even just sometimes you definitely need the stars aligned to, to get the luck. You know, how smart can you train? Am I doing this right? Those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah, I know when we, we spoke to Josh pre um, this chat, just got a bit of insight and yeah, a lot of, it's coming through now. It's just saying how studious you are as an athlete and that you really are invested in this progression and journey and the way you go about your training is, you know, super focused and, you know, you're someone who's going to get the best out of your body. And you can see that in obviously your results, um, you know, in the, the multi-sports, but now shining through as you, as you continue with the marathon. And just to go back on the Gold Coast, obviously the lead up, were there some sessions that Josh put in the program that you can recall that, that challenged you or sort of put you out your comfort zone and thought, well, well, this is, it's going to be a really hard one. I've never experienced these sort of workouts. Yeah, there was. And there was one I thought I'd do really well. It was a session you do four minutes of marathon, two minutes at half, four minutes of marathon, two minutes at half. It'd be like the tempo run Tuesday or Thursday. Remember the first one? Oh, this would be, this would be a piss easy set. This isn't like running three fifteen kilometers with a short recovery or whatever it's going to be. Oh, I never executed that session properly. I couldn't. I don't know what was wrong with me. I don't know if it was just unlucky each time I rocked up to do it. I couldn't do the marathon to half or 10 and then back up. And then, yeah, it was really weird. I think um, I'm probably more of a diesel that if mm. you had me go do 
40 minutes at 10k pace, I could do it. But for some reason, I can. So that session initially didn't scare me, but whenever it popped up, I'm like, oh, I better go to bed early and not have a couple of beers the night before. I better um, <laughs> better actually get a good night's sleep and hydrate for this one. Um, but I think my favourite session was definitely the long run. Um, in that I do a lot of my long runs by myself. More something I found out. I'm speaking about when I talk about my um, run on Saturday. If you're feeling bad, you don't want to be running with someone who's necessarily having a really good day and pull their day back or you're feeling really good and you can't just do that little bit extra or that just yeah. that bit of freedom to do it. So um, I really enjoyed those long runs with, you know, marathon or just a touch quicker um, sessions. And it was just you. It's only you to make it a good or bad session. Yeah, you're not really even looking at the garment. It's going by feel as well to an extent sometimes. Yeah. And um yeah, they were they were probably some of my my most fun runs. The weekend just gone, mate. Karen's ultra marathon. Tell us all about it, mate. What was what was the background behind it, and and sort of what went into it? Um, background is uh, my mate Chris Beef. His mother passed, I'm gonna say, four months ago uh, after about three years battle with cancer, and. Um, which is pretty sad, you know, there's a group of four of us mates all went to school together and, yeah, went to the funeral, those sort of things, quite sobering. And then probably, I'm going to say maybe a month, probably three weeks after that, um, Chris and I were going for a run. And he's like, mate, I've got this idea that I'm thinking about doing. And it initially started, and so I'm hyper excitable, if you haven't picked up on that. I like <laughs> running. And yeah. I basically lived at his house. So we've known each other since grade three. So it's been like 31 years that we've probably regrettably known each other. And so I lived at his house every weekend. Uh, he lived on the water at Raby Bay in Cleveland. So I was always there at a boat, we fishing, all those sort of things. And um, he said, I want to, I want to do a, a long run. It initially started basically from Noosa to Brisbane, which was 180 Ks. And his dad talked him out of that one, which was a good idea because running throughout the night currently scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> um, so yeah, we ended up uh, running from, Chugan down the southern end of the Gold Coast to their family home in Cleveland or just near their family home. And mm -hmm. part of that, yeah, it's um, QIMR Berghofer, I think, is the um, charity. Yeah. It was really the purpose of it. It's not for us to do the run. It's not about us at all. But, yeah, I think we ended up – we're currently sitting over 48 grand in oh, fundraising, cool. So, yeah. um, which was really the purpose of the run. And, you know, us doing silly things means people are going to donate 20, 50, 100 bucks, which is a lot of money to people at the moment. But – um, so, yeah, so that was the idea that we would run from their family unit to near their family home, um, run 100, it was, yeah, give or take 100 Ks, start at four, finish at four, and, um, yeah, quite simply went down on the Friday. Yeah, and then, yeah, that was that's, that's the background to it. I couldn't really say no. I didn't want to say no. It's a pretty cool challenge to run that far as someone mm -hmm. that does a bit of this endurance sort of exercise. Um yeah. And he doesn't, He's a he was a professional soccer referee, so he went to the World Cup, um, did the Olympic Games final. So he's been quite successful in that space outside of his own business. Um, but he's never done marathoning, never done a half marathon. So he's quite fit, yeah. but a very, very different sort of fitness. So I was probably there as a, more of a helper than anything. Mm -hmm. And I understand you had a schedule of people, uh, a schedule where you were rolling through the towns and did you have a few people jump in at various points? Oh, the support we had was unbelievable. And it's no, honestly, it's no different to Gold Coast Marathon. You know, I had a good friend, Steph, who I do training with, my parents who are half, who live halfway down the course and then my wife 
or actually her father, um, hand me the water bottle. But without that support on the course, you're not going to set a PB or finish the marathon quite well. So when we were in the planning for this uh, ultra marathon, it was okay, we're going to, and my mate Chris is quite like, he likes Microsoft Excel like myself. So it was very well scheduled out. Yeah. And I mean, every 10K was going to be his dad. Then after 50Ks, his brother, his brother's wife and his brother rode the mountain bike beside us as well, which was bloody helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, he had music, which was always good. And then, yeah, we just had people every 10K and it was all well scheduled out. I guess with phones these days, there was a bit of a change in plan. He got a pretty bad ITB injury leading into it. So regrettably, he didn't finish. Yeah. But um, and his knee, I won't tell you how he's feeling right now. Um, he probably ran 50 kilometers too far. But that's a different, you know, he wanted to finish and, yeah, that's what he would have wanted to do. But, yeah, the support there was awesome. And I don't think I've ever drank a Coke so quickly in my life than I did the 50Ks because <laughs> we forgot to grab it out of the fridge and put it in the original Esky. Oh. So, um, yeah, when his brother Nat and when his wife was meeting us at 50, they're like, do you want anything? I'm like, just get a six-pack of Coke. Just <laughs> get it into us. Yeah. 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 You guys set a target of 20,000, I believe. On the website, it was a target of twenty. Yeah, that's we didn't think we'd hit these sort of numbers. Um, <laughs> my mate Chris and his dad Stuart, they've got their own finance business, so they certainly know people. And mm. yeah, they're the money that people have put into it is pretty cool. But I think it's also having that personable side to it that you mm. know it is my mate's mum and yeah, um, cancer probably yeah. Every everyone has someone impacted by that, and yeah, so to. I think having those, yeah, just that someone could could relate to it was quite helpful with trying to raise that amount of money. And we spoke to the lady at the end who's part of the charity and I asked her, I said, is this, I know you're saying well done, but is it a lot of money? Is it a blip? And she's just like, this is phenomenal. So mm. the fact that we could do something silly and if that meant that people could fund, you know, donate some money to a cancer research, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's off. It's quite unbelievable to to do that with a mate. And yeah, it's, yeah. A massive oh, it was quite emotional at the end. It, like, yeah, there was probably 50, 60 people at the finish line and mm. he was there hobbling around as well. He got a car back. Um, yeah. yeah, so, and just to know what it meant to him and his family just to mm. raise that money, yeah, for, for Karen, that's pretty cool. Mm. For yourself, Sean, you, you've achieved a lot personally, um, I guess from a results perspective in your Ironman career and also your running. I mean, so your marathons is, um, you know, there's some very tidy results there. But how does the experience from the weekend with Chris and raising that, you know, contributing to raising that sort of money and seeing the emotional impact that it have, how does that stack up in terms of an achievement um, and life experience for you relative to, I guess, all the things that you've achieved, you know, in the other parts of your sporting career? I think... Outside of doing my first Hawaii, which was pretty special, I got married two days after. Um, yeah, this is up. Yeah, like I never felt like that. Yes, I was bloody exhausted and I was just sitting there with my shoes off trying to have a 4X going, I don't know what to do with myself. Like I felt worse than I did after my first marathon and Ironman with no nutrition. Now, we, we were well planned. You're talking yeah. 120 to probably 200 grams of calories of carbs an hour with mm. everything we're eating and drinking, probably taking near two, three grams of salt and every other left. Like it was so well organized. Mm. I didn't cramp once. My best yeah. kilometers were from 90 to a hundred. Yeah. Um, like we just, yes, my mate got the injury, but without the support and, you know, we planned it, mm. that means you can actually give yourself a decent crack to be successful as well. 
Um, but yeah, just knowing what it meant to them that it wasn't, you know, for me, yeah, awesome. I never thought I'd run that far in my life. When you think back to when I thought I'd do my first marathon, mm. that just blew my mind. And to think that, you know, you can probably the scarier thing is I'm worried I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm worried that I enjoyed going that far. Um, and you know, Josh how quick could it do a hundred k? That's the, and I don't want to get into trail running because I see that happen to people and they never come back ever. They just disappear <laughs> yeah. off into the trails. Um, so as an addictive personality, I don't think I should. And someone who likes the outdoors and surfing and that sort of stuff, I think yeah, yeah. that would become way too addictive with the ultras and those sort of things. But my mate Chris does. He has said even now he still wants to do a hundred miles one day. Mm. We're happy we got so, the dark side just from the tries and the Ironman. So if we can keep you in the running, in the road running, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I and I, I still want to go sub 240 in the marathon. So I think until yeah. I get too old, that's still sitting there. Mm. And once again, for no particular reason, it's not to get a tattoo. It's not for anything. It's probably just <laughs> in my own mind yeah. that I just want to, I just, once again, when I first started, when I went sub three, I never, ever thought, Mm. 239 would be a number that yeah, yeah. I'd even be able to contemplate um, and I'm still very much enjoying the running like I'm even post Gold Coast when Chris and I had the chat about this long run cool let's mm. go do some four hour long runs I was excited about that yeah that's fantastic um, you mentioned Noosa next year uh, before obviously recovery mode off this hundred and then what's Josh cooking up for you leading into the new year yeah, so I've actually pulled up pretty well. I was going to run home today, but a mate uh, actually drove his car to work, so I bummed a lift. I actually feel really good posted. I feel fine. Wow. Um, so I was going to do Gold Coast again, but because I turned 40, I've booked a week-long fishing trip in June off Townsville. And nice. that being five weeks out from Gold Coast and having probably 18 stubbies a day <laughs> probably isn't the greatest preparation when you're trying to set another yeah. PB. A lot of car. Um, <laughs> Lots of uh, four X is low carb, so it's not necessarily there, but it's probably all the rumbos late at night. But yeah, so noose I was gonna do noose a half in leading in, so just change the prep a little bit into Gold Coast for no particular reason. I just haven't done noosa for a while. Um and then when this fishing trip got booked, I'm like, oh bugger it, I'm gonna go to Noosa. It's late May, so from a timing point of view, it's still a pretty good time of the year in southeast Queensland. Might be a little bit humid, you know, that's obviously the problem in yeah. this region of the world. Um, but it is local, you know, to drive up there, nice weekend up at Noosa. And I think <clears throat> I've got a couple of triathlons. I'm going to go back out to Hell of the West. That's where one of my favourite races that I've ever done, driving out to Gundawindi. You swim in the dark river there and ride 40Ks out, 40K back, and you're normally running in 40-degree heat. So that's always a fun race. Um, and yeah, mate, yeah, I think like having to connect you yourself there. Oh, I love that race. It's so much fun. I think if you can start in the water in a random river out in the middle of central Queensland, following a light on the back of a kayak, that's a pretty cool way to start the yeah. race. Yeah. Um, and the town gets into it. It's just a good little race. doesn't cost a lot. I'll go camping out there, probably sleep in the swag before that one. Um, and then from that, it's very much going to be no more swimming. And it'll all be about Noosa. So if yeah. I had a slight niggle, I wouldn't race it. Um, it's all about going to Noosa, probably do one or two 10Ks leading into it. Yeah. And then it's, once again, Noosa's four loops. So hopefully my wife, who's probably can overhear me right now, will understand that I need her to hold out some water bottles for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, mean, I think the guys from Infinite are up there, so they should be able to help me as well. But it's, um, 
it's four loops. So in that sense, it's a little bit different than Golding, but it is dead flat. I know it's fast. You look at some of the times that they're, they're not slow up there. And yeah, that's, that's the plan for next year. Super. That's exciting. There's a, there's a lot going on in the next year. So can you hear that, mate? Um, what do you reckon, Chris? I fire some quick questions at, uh, at Shawno. I think so. I think um, if there's anyone that's primed to um, have some quick fire answers back, it, it's no, Sean. So, no, <laughs> no, we're looking looking forward to this, mate. What sort of watch are you rolling? Uh, Garmin, somewhere there. I was yeah. going to get a fancy watch for my fortieth, but I went fishing. No, that's okay. <laughs> what what type of Garmin have you got? I don't know. It'll be on a the Phoenix. Back. A phoenix. <laughs> That's a nice watch. That, that is, is a very yeah, it, nice. Watch. It lasted 100 k's battery life, so <laughs> yeah. that was my worry. Um, yeah. Are you a are you a watcher of the watch? Like when you're Pardon? out, you rep. Like do you what do you look at your watch a lot, or you chuck on the chuck on a run and you just finish, you know, almost clock face and then just uh, upload it to Strava. Done. No, nah, unless it's a session where you're targeting pace. Never. Like if I'm running to and from work. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I don't even know. Yeah. I wouldn't know what my pace is. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I, I like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, even in warm ups, people go, "Oh, we're not running five minutes per k." I'm like, "Who cares? We're about to go run three fifteens. Like, yeah. just chill." <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. warming up. That's the objective. No one cares about the warm up. <laughs> yes, it's exactly right. <laughs> um, iPhone or Android, mate? Uh, iPhone, Androids are way too smart for someone like myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. I think just about everyone that's been on um, is an is an iPhone user. But Zach has got an Android. I'm the only person with an Android in the world, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> but, but he will be chuffed to know it's because oh, it's only yeah. smart people can have an Android. There's a reason my my wife has an Android and I can't use it. So she's she's a lot smarter than myself. See, so I'm really interested in this next one, mate. One tip you could give eighteen year old Sean. Uh, drink less beer during the week. No, um, my tip would be <laughs> would be rush into things. Hmm. That would be my tip because I am highly excitable. I've had people go, "Let's do this." I'll go, "Yeah, let's go do that surf trip." I'm not even thinking about it. Um, would be yeah, just to stop analyze, which I've now learned that you need to do to be quite successful, especially in sport. Oh, very good. A bit of wisdom there. I like that. Sean, your, your favourite gel? Oh, I'd have to say it would be the, back in the day, the old salted caramel goo when that first Ooh, came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't take gels anymore. Um, but back in the day, I remember when I went to Hawaii once, it was on course. And I may or may not have had a full um, tri suit when I finished that race. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know a lot of guys do that with Morton gels. Yeah, Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, like they're a sponsored Iron Man, and people yeah. just finish with bucket loads of them. I'm interested in this. Being like you heavily into your endurance sports, what does your nutrition look like on a long run or on a, on a race now in terms of fueling? Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty lucky that yeah, as an infinite do help me. It's, I take their stuff, it'd be in, in a training run, 60 grams an hour. So what's that, two-thirds of a scoop? Or no, two and a bit scoops, whatever that works out to be. But yeah, in an Ironman, it's their 90 grams. I normally grab a gel or a banana on course just for something a bit different. Um, but that's my main source of calories. 
and in that it's got my electrolytes and I just top that up with salt tablets. I was going to think I'm too dumb to do anything different. I just know what I need to do every 15 minutes. Yeah. You just take a sip of something. You, know, you think of the photo behind you on the bike. You're not thinking after five hours. But if you know it's 15, 30, 45 on the hour, mm. you don't have to think about it. You just, I've got to go through four water bottles. That's easy. Um, same with my long runs when I've, when I've got a fuel belt on. I need to go through one flask every hour. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're trying to, if you're starting to push yourself, you don't have to think about that either. I'd rather focus on how I'm running than, oh, hang on, am I at 68 grams of, have I, do I need to do this? Just yeah. make it simple for yourself. Yeah, I like that. Any race in the world that you could go and do, which one? And this doesn't necessarily have to be a marathon or a running race, but it, is, it, is there anything that sparks your interest across the globe? That's a bloody good question. I, I, obviously, I'm, I'm going to say Hawaii, but um, I really like to do Tokyo Marathon. So my wife and I were invited and we ran the Osaka Marathon in mm. 2016. Um, and because we were there as a sister city through the Sunshine Coast, we lived up there for a couple of years. They let us start on the start line, uh, on the front. So we had like mm. people who were trying to get Olympic times behind us and all this sort of stuff. And they wouldn't let us not be in the front. And just that, that culture, just, yeah. I'm like, there must be thinking there's these fat white people. What are these fat white people <laughs> in the front of this huge marathon? I'm just going there to jog the thing. I wasn't even going there for a time. My wife was, and she went just under four. So she was pretty stoked. Yeah. But just, I think, and then we went to Tokyo on a holiday. I just think to go there, I think it's February or March race from memory. Yeah, I think it's and I think if you could actually get through our Brisbane summer, without blowing up with the humidity and training smart because you're not going to do your one-hour runs at race pace. You're not going to be able to in a Brisbane summer. Mm. I think if you could modify that and make sure you went into Tokyo pretty well, just with the culture and everything else, I think from yeah from the culture but also from a race performance and a race goal, if you could do it, that'd be pretty cool. Mm. Good time zone as well, Japanese race. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. And nice and cool. It was a heat wave when we did that race. It was 12 degrees. Hmm. Hey, Mate, on, on Kona, sorry, Chris, I just I just want to get to this one because I just you've four world champs at Kona, is that? Yeah, I think I've qualified five or six or something. Yeah. So how does that even work? So you compete in Australia and you've got to get it at a certain time and a slot. Nah, yeah, it's basically so if you go to a race, depending on the race, there's anywhere between 30 to 60 slots available. And then that's one thing I like about running, no one really talks about age groups. It's I got 50th. Mm -hmm. In triathlon, they break it down into age groups, gender, where you live, what colour your hair is. Do you, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, so then that's broken up into your age groups. Normally, you know, if you go in my sort of age group, if I go top three, top five, I'll qualify for Kona. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. But still, give or take. A massive achievement. Like, yeah. Oh, to <laughs> qualify out of Australia... Mm. Germany is for me that's really it's quite if I went to America I'd qualify if I went to a race in Asia I'd qualify I know that sounds really cocky mm. but for me yeah to qualify out of Australia out of some of you know if you're down to Ironman Australia Port Macquarie doesn't have that many slots it's a pretty hard race really hard bike ride and you know there's some good athletes that go down there um yeah so it was when I first qualified, I never thought I'd go. I just, I was lucky. I got a roll down slot and I qualified. Um, but from since then, I've, yeah, normally I've gone well enough to get a slot given to me. 
Mate, quick thoughts on um, the world champs being split between Kona and Nice this year. Crap. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've watched the female race twice on Zwift. I haven't watched yeah. the guys race. Um, it just doesn't. I can go do Nice in June. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's not. I had friends go there. You, you hear some of the pros go. It wasn't the same. Um, I know. Yeah. For me, seeing the top men and women when I'm racing there to see them running and riding around as elites is a pretty cool experience. That I've been there when Daniela Reef was the third quickest home from on the bike ride in the last sixty k. So that's including the men. But to see yeah. her do that, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I don't, for me, Hawaii's Hawaii. It's a qualification only race. It's on a Saturday in October. Every pro wants to go there and win Hawaii. You speak to anyone who's around, mm. hey, it might change. Um, I just think Ironman stuffed it up when they thought they could always do two days and they snookered themselves into that. They thought they could do Hawaii two days this year, but go back 12 months ago, the local council said, no, we don't approve that. So they were stuffed because they had opened it up to so many people. And you look at it for next year, they reckon they'll have a maximum of 800 females in Nice. Wow. At a 3,000 starting point. So if from that point, and take away my own opinion, I think from a people voting with their good, you know, this isn't a cheap exercise, let's be honest about it. People aren't going, yet yeah, Kona, it doesn't roll. Yeah. Um, what they're finding is American, a lot of the American women are just saying no and no one's going. So, which is not what you want for a world champs. For me, in tra I've gone to a few other triathlon world championships, like the ITU stuff. And if it's overseas, as long as you do um, a Lulabar, you'll qualify. Anyone could qualify. Yet, mm -hmm. when, you know, Hawaii being Hawaii, you actually, it was a half, it was, yeah, it was a quite of a challenge just to get there. You couldn't just rock up and pay the money and therefore you do Hawaii, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yet, yeah. I could not even do it, I could do no training and qualify for Nice. I just don't think that's the right way it should be. No. Yeah, Kona's iconic at Hawaii. Oh, yeah. You see it from the YouTube people watching it, and male mm. sport has probably got more viewers than female. So, from a pure statistics point of view, um, don't be wrong, the female race was probably better than the guys' race. Uh, yeah. But it's, I think it, 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 it's iconic. It's part of it. It's like the New York, it's like Wimbledon, it's like yeah. New York Marathon. They're, they're not, they're that's things special. that people want to go do and see. Um, it's like surfing pipeline in Hawaii. Like yeah. they're just iconic. They're, don't be wrong. There's probably better surf breaks out there, but it's it's got the history behind it. And I think for me, as an Ironman, take if, if I was in Ironman, that's their trump card. That's their business case. Mm. So you take that away from it. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of work they need to do. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people, uh, <laughs> as you say, voting with their feet at the moment around it all. Oh, 800. Yeah, 800 is not a good number to have. <laughs> Now, we've got a couple of kit questions for you, mate, because I'm, I'm yep. into my kit. So, favourite socks? What what running socks are we going with at the moment? Oh, I had them. They were the features one. I don't know what Ooh. model they oh, were. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were pretty thin but had fluffy stuff around the toes. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's oh, my right. level of engineering in, in, yeah. into that one. That's the um, technical term. Um, yeah. Do you have a, a favourite colour? Uh, black, because then they don't get dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Not practical. It's the engineer coming at you again. Yep. <laughs> Shoes. What are, you, uh, what are your favourites for easy days and for races? Uh, easy days would be any type of, probably the Sacconi speeds. I think if any, they're just 
a bulletproof do everything type of shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, come race day, I want to have a look at the new Sacconi Elites. The previous pros I really liked, but their grip, if it was ever wet, was a problem on the road. Mm-hmm. So I ran Goldie in, in the Nikes, in the Vaporflies, because they just had better grip. So if it was a wet race, once again, it's this planning thing that I never used to do. Um, <laughs> like I think the, the Sacconi Pros are probably a better shoe for me, but if it was ever wet, I'd be stuffed. So I use the pros on some of my longer, harder runs, but then come race day, the Nikes, as every second other person does in a marathon at the moment. Oh, yeah. No, I like that. Out of the two, though, what do you find is the better marathon shoe for you personally? Uh, if, if, if I knew it was going to be dry, I'd wear the Sacconis because yep. we all run, unless you're an elite and elite, we all run like crap. Have you ever, I've watched videos of myself running and I'm like, I should not be allowed to run. I, <laughs> this is terrible. What is wrong with my form? My hips are dropping. My knees are going. It's ugly. Um, so I think the Sacconi's probably in the pros, still a bloody good shoe. Don't get, And every shoe review on YouTube says they're what the average marathon runner should probably wear. They've just got a bit more to them. Like the mm. Nikes, yeah, if you've got great form, oh, good luck getting a better shoe. You know, mm. best foam, best carbon light as all hell blah 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 um and not that people talk about it but a lot of people do get blisters on the back of their heels because of the nikes because of the funny heel cup not that any shoe reviewer wants to say that um <laughs> but yeah i think the Sacconi is just for the average runner and like i still call myself an average runner is probably better over 42 kilometers because our form it it does deteriorate especially after that 30 kilometer mark is the super shoe boom um, you know, obviously across triathlon and Ironman taken, you know, taken on a, a fair bit, but then I guess, is it all still about the bike, about the technology that, that people can get on, on the bike? It's Oh, triathletes, if, if you had something that was 0.001% better than the next, they'll buy it. Um, if, they, if there's a new tricep that comes out, they'll buy it. There's a new, the, the money is ridiculous. Um, it's without sounding too disrespectful, the amount of people you see walking in alpha flies in an Ironman, you're like, why? Why? There's a better shoe. You probably should have just got it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They're they're light and I get that. You know, from a weight point of view, that's where the super shoes are a bit better. But go buy a Sacconi Convara, super Mm. light, no Mm. carbon plate that's going to give you um, any sort of foot bone, you know, any of that sort of stuff, any stress fractures and those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in triathlon, yeah, mate, if there's a, every man and his dog now is getting these new calf sleeves because <laughs> they're better through the I'm air and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah mate. <laughs> yeah, go. Different world. <laughs> um, Zach are just getting some bulletin board material for his triathlon friends. He's loving it. Yeah, good. <laughs> Last one from me, Sean, but if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, so we're talking breakfast, lunch, dinner, what are we going now? This doesn't have to be healthy. It can be, oh, it can be as versatile or as boring as you like. What's that's the- really hard. Oh, I do love my dirty bird. Um, <laughs> I'm a shocker. Oh, I'm a shocker for it. Oh. oh, that's a really tough question. Um have to just be it sounds really boring but a roast and veg out of the charcoal Mm. weather 
oh, you know, yeah. it's um, I enjoy doing it. It's not I'm not doing low and slow or anything like that. Um, but it probably has the diversity of flavors. I think as much as the good old um, zinger box is, <laughs> regardless of the health outcomes from yeah. that. I just think there'd be just that little bit too much grease after week two that you go, geez, I probably probably should have switched that up to a cheeseburger or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. What are we What are we roasting, mate? Uh, anything that's easy. Uh, no, I just I like it because then I can run the oven with two or three trays of veggies for the kids and myself, mm-hmm. and then anything from pork belly to lamb just a basic there's a butcher my my wife's celiac so there's a butcher near us that everything's celiac approved so we just walk in there don't have to think about it and there's marinated roasts and all that sort of stuff so whatever's on whatever's going there we just grab and easy time favorite hey, roast i'll say favorite hey. roast veggie is it the roast potato no i'm a pumpkin man yeah okay. which is a bit different um no. with a lot of my fly in fly out that i've done with the mines and those sort of things whenever you stayed in the camps mm. The roast potato, once again, devil in the detail. The roast potato can get a bit dry, but the pumpkin's normally better than the um, potato out there. So I think that's probably why. Yeah. No, but we like the detail. These are the little things that people love listening to. Well, I do anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah no, thank you. Hey, Shauna, take us to Kona, finishing, you know, last few K. You're probably, you know, in a world of, you know, what you're doing, but at some point you've thought about what that first meal is going to be. What what typically is it? A beer. <laughs> There's no. You're in. Within, straight away. Within, within 30 seconds across the line. Oh, uh, on the weekend it was. Um, <laughs> no, it's normally just here in, um, in, in Hawaii. There's a little thing called a fish hopper, this little restaurant. Um, and normally, if I can, I'll try and order some ribs because you don't see too many small Hawaiians. They do their ribs pretty well and you shouldn't eat too many of them race week. Uh, but normally just some ribs and some hot chips. Anything that you don't have to think, once again, you're stuffed. You just want to <laughs> use your hands and just put food in. Um, but I have seen an Ironman that freaked me out. There was curry in the tent in oh, the recovery God. area. I saw a bloke <laughs> eight bowls of curry post an Ironman. I've never been able to process that in my mind going, how... How um, did you just do that? No. Post an Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, normally just <laughs> hot chips. That's easy. Yeah. Love it, mate. It's uh it's been really fun. It's been a great chat. Been really open about your journey and 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 obviously what you've achieved um not only at Gold Coast and, and through your days in, in Iron Man and Triathlon as that continues, but but what you've done with your mate and the uh in Karen's ultra ultra run over the weekend. Uh, can we still can we put a link in the show notes? Is donations still being taken, or is it? Absolutely, they are. Yeah, so we we're secretly hoping we can crack the fifty, and then we'd shut it all up. Then in that, that would just be more than we would ever dream of. Yep. Yeah, we'll chuck that in the notes. But uh, no, I really appreciate. It. We're looking forward to following along, and we'll have to get you back uh, maybe a bit closer to Noosa to see how you're tracking. Absolutely, that'd be heaps of fun. Really That's enjoy right. it. We'll chat soon. Too easy. Thank you. Have a good night. Thanks, mate. Mate, that was a fun chat with Sean. Oh, what a legend. Like doing that with his mate and raising that amount of money. I know when they set a sort of a target, probably a bit of a dream target, and now they've gone and basically doubled it or above. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. And he's, he's 
like talk about down to earth and the way he goes about it. I know he joked about just throwing himself in the, in the deep end with things, but he's achieved a lot. He's incredible. Um, you know, and to think you know, between himself and his wife, they're, they're both, um, you know, full-time at yeah. work, working, you know, quite yeah. stressful yeah. roles, um, you know, both being a company owner and Sean being an engineer himself, but to um, fit in the time for training and to bring up little kids and, yeah, like it, it's incredible. So, no, and just it was good fun. I know um, we always enjoy having a bit of a dig at triathlon um, and it was really cool that, Sean indulged us in that. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's probably um, probably up there with some of my favourite interviews that we've done. He was a legend. He was. Hey, he actually, um, quick around the grounds, Sean O was actually featured on there. There was a number of athletes, as as always, that uh, achieving some cool things, chucked the post up. There was a, a picture, the background, if you've seen it on our socials, is, uh, is Supreet Manava, who... Coached by Jack Davies, been with us for a couple of years now, I reckon, and um, he is looking pretty smooth there. He's in a tracksmith singlet, I reckon, and on a cross-country course in Stumptown, Oregon. So shout-out to Supreef. Um, yeah, we had a number of results. Just I thought we'd just touch on a few of the results that uh, came through are some past guests, and they were like, oh, on fire, pretty much – PB's central for those um who were uh previous previous guests. Reese Whitaker over in Frankston, the 32.49, so sub 33, big PB for Reese. Uh who else did we have? We had Ryan Cook down a curl curl park run. And I think um a little whisper was in this result um sort of slipped under the radar, but Benji Hoppet, I think, had a bit of a go around at Kerfell Park Run as well. Um, not may have been a PB, not sure, but I did notice that um his name was there um in the Times when I was looking up Ryan's result because um yeah as you mentioned Ryan a sneaky little PB twenty fifty eight he wanted to go sub twenty one and he just got there. Nice, uh, Nicholas Clancy, another previous guest, uh, rolled around the corporate games, 36 minutes, 36.28, 10K around Albert Park. What struck me about over the weekend was that the variation, the uh, locations were all over the place. Like we had Point to Penny Cooldown in Tassie, we had the trail series, a result of the trail series in Queensland. We had obviously Shawno at the Karen's uh, Ultra Marathon, that was in Queensland, ACT Stromlow. Down in Frankston, we had the the 10K. There was park runs in Shepparton, Curl Curl, Castle Main, Warringal. And then over in New Zealand, Queenstown Marathon. And over in the US, Stumptown, Oregon. So, yeah, big. Uh, you're getting, you're getting out there, Chris. Loving it. Um, they're spread all, all across the country. And even just the, the overseas stuff, I was pretty pretty excited to see Supreme's results come through and um I mean Oregon obviously um yeah one of the, yeah. the big centers for the track um over in America. So yeah, just to see and obviously um uh, I mean not that we have any run to PB athletes running in the NCAA at the moment, but um it was the um national champs for uh NCAA cross country on the weekend too. So um cross country in full force over in the US at the moment. <laughs> it is. Hey uh PB in your household, Chriso. 
yeah, it wasn't mine. <laughs> no, um, Nora, Nora ran a sneaky little PB at Parkrun as well. So um, we had a chat earlier in the week because the weather forecast looked absolutely incredible for November, simply out of the fact that there was forecast to be zero wind, but it was only sort of eight to ten degrees. And um, I did mention to Nora that hey, I think this would be a really good weekend to do a. a an effort at parkrun and um she disagreed at first i can't use the language that she did use but um needless to say she was a bit negative on the idea and then as um she had a bit more time to think about it sort of third by thursday and friday she was a, a convert and, and ready to give it a go but she went around in 22:53 and sliced another five seconds off her parkrun pb she's very excited with herself um she's definitely a convert to the the Saucony endorphin speeds now so hoping to maybe upgrade her to something with a bit of a carbon plate so that she can experience those now we're not saying that the shoes are completely <laughs> responsible for a pb but um it, you know just trying to broaden her horizons just a little bit further so um but yeah she's very excited she's also now um off the back of that um contemplating doing a track race um so yeah definitely enjoy the shorter distances at the moment maybe that handicap race that you uh potentially get off the ground with <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a vested interest in <laughs> yeah no well um we'll see she um wouldn't mind going over to, to bendigo and giving that a bit of a go or just seeing what else is about there but um it's cool it's it's just it, it's nice that um she's just loving her running and the fact that she's running other pbs yeah it's a bit of icing on the cake no, very cool, mate. And yeah, like I mentioned on the Instagram, you can dig into the details of some of the other run to PB athletes that, that went around at the various events. Hey, just before we wrap up, Chris, so mm -hmm. you've been doing a bit of shopping, Black Friday sales going around. I know you love um love giving the um credit card a whack <laughs> internet with some shopping. And uh have you um indulged in anything? Have you seen any sales around at the moment? I have, Zachary, our friends at Oat Socks. Um, big fan of the, the oat stuff. I have several pairs now. I've got the some in the new colorways, sort of the, the obviously the navy blue. It was the, the sky blue stripe. Um, you name you name it. I've actually got all the colors um, in the socks at Oat. So thank you, guys. You've, you've been a big help for me. But they've, they've currently got a Black Friday sale on. So currently you can get 35% off on your socks. And they also have a pretty sexy range of hats as well. So you can get 40% off on your hats. Uh, if you use code BLACKFRIDAY35, that'll get you a discount on your socks and um, BLACKFRIDAY40 for the hats. Um, you can tip some of those into your basket and, and save some cash. There's also a code for free postage. So if you want to pop in post 60 for orders over 60 bucks, you're not even going to have to part with anything extra on your on your post as well but the guys are big supporters of run to pb and obviously the podcast as well so just wanted to give them a mention and um, if you were thinking about doing a bit of shopping for some oat socks or maybe a hat now's a really good time to do it you can save yourself well you literally can save yourself that much money that you can probably get an extra free pair um so you know chris no maths for you there yeah, well, you know, it just makes it's a no-brainer, really. Yeah, um, I like you know, that. it's essentially buy two get one free. Um, I'm just doing some quick maths here and thinking I might have to go and get the card back out after the show's finished. But um, 
no. So highly recommended, very comfortable. I did wear a pair of oat socks last night on the track at Bendigo and they sat very nicely in my spike. So quite a versatile sock. But um, no, just as I said, wanted to give the guys a shout out because they really do look after us and support Run to PB. Um, yeah, really no, well. things, and you can see a lot of momentum. I'm seeing a lot of, I'm starting to see it around the tan. I'm always uh, just because I've got the trained eye off the back of you, Chris. So just to always check out people's uh, socks, mm-hmm. make sure they're matching their kits, even if I'm not. And uh, yeah, it's uh, good to see a bit of oats uh, floating around the tan as well. No, loving it. I think oat is a very like whilst they're um, based in South Australia, and they're very much a Melbourne style. Yeah sock you know we think kind of melbourne it's a it's an urban understated style it's your sort of darker colors and um yeah i think oat socks go with a lot of that particularly your ernie old kit Um, nice plug for those guys love their stuff (laughs) but yeah um yeah if you're sort of someone who likes your navy you know your navy or your, your silver or your white um oats oats got plenty of that sort of stuff and it's um yeah quite easy to layer in i think you would have noticed those that were familiar with our melbourne marathon kits there were some oat socks in that that matched up quite well with some nike stuff as well so yeah yeah well dm you mate if you need any uh, any more style advice uh, mm. very much open so if anyone is after just you know they've got a race coming up and you'd like a sock shoe combo or even a a sock singlet combo, always happy to help out with those free of charge. Mm, no, it's just doing community. <laughs> <laughs> <Mate>, just... <laughs> I'm, I'm here for the community. That's what I'm about. Love it, mate. Hey, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I reckon we'll have another guest. We've got a uh, pretty cool one in the pipeline. Uh, I like this. Um, sort of getting closer towards Christmas, end of the year, and not as many races, but still lots of good stories to tell. So, yeah, very much looking forward to, to next week to see who we've got on. Yeah, and you'll be back out training again, mate. We'll be looking forward to hearing uh, as you gear up for that next track, next uh, next stab at a track race in the next three weeks. Yeah, I hope so. Let's uh, run again tomorrow morning, and I'm hopeful that um, I'm not still living in a world of regret. You'd think 3K would be pretty good to pull up from, given that it's nice and short. But, um, yeah, I, I actually feel like I've, done 10k on the road or something like that where yeah um could be a bit dusty tomorrow if anyone's wondering why i'm running super slow it's because i'm still really really tired i get some sleep get us get one of those uh i've seen an athlete posting about sleep uh caps and uh, i think you can get some nice pillows these days so maybe get on that or jump on the trampoline and try and get yourself bouncing and getting it going again i'll tell you what Zach, there was something and i do want to mention this because it's one of the probably the I didn't know this existed until earlier in the day today. It was brought to my attention. Did you know, and I'm probably going down a rabbit hole that I shouldn't at the moment in my sleep-deprived state, but I think it's um, I think it's warranted. Did you know that for these stupid sleep masks that you can buy, mm. you can get aroma dots to put them on? So if you, you're struggling to sleep like my good self, yeah. You can throw some scented dots on these things so you can smell something like you're going to sleep. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm not three hours into a slumber having some weird ass dreams going, Oh, that eucalyptus scent that's coming out of my sleep mask is incredible. Like, please, what the uh, hell is it? This? It didn't work on you, mate. Cannot get the cup, can't pull the wool over your eyes. Uh, literally, 
I, I maybe it's just above my head. I'm maybe not intelligent enough to engage with this stuff to really fully understand it. If there's someone out there that can explain it to me and how it's beneficial, um, how it somehow slipped um, into my social media, I, I'm unsure. But um, Sorry, algorithms, yeah. mate. You're just following people, plugging stuff all the time. That's yeah, <laughs> well, it's it's a small world and um, I'm just seeing a lot of it. And it's probably, it's. I can honestly say that whilst I'm a big supporter of Black Friday sales, I will not be putting this in my basket. I have not <laughs> been influenced. So, no, I, I feel dirty even mentioning it um, on a podcast. But yeah, it's just, it's just something. I inspired people to go and look up what the hell uh, aroma docs on a sleep <laughs> Seriously, like a ton of athletes plugging this sort of stuff. But anyway, we we'll, uh mate, you you need sleep. I think you've uh, you've hit the wall. I've, really I've, wall, mate. I've hit a big wall. Um, <laughs> as I said at the top of the show, I'm very glad people can't see me at the moment because I look like a complete mess. So I fancy bloody needing a water tomorrow. I reckon <laughs> get yourself some sleep and get back out there. All right, mate. Uh, chat next week. No worries, mate. Chat soon. Yeah.